Welcome to the Forward Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Now let's get ready to dive into today's message. We know you'll be blessed. I want to bring you a quick word today. God's already done a work on the altar. I just want to bring a word to you and then we'll pray over it. And hopefully we can apply it to our life. Amen. That's always the desire. That's the desired outcome is that you not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. I want to see if you can place yourself in this scene, okay? Place yourself in this scene. You hear the news that a little girl has gone missing. They're calling for searchers to be a part of the search and rescue efforts. So you respond and you travel to the base camp where everybody is rallying together to go and search for this lost little girl. You show up at the base camp and you witness this scene. People's got tents and campers set up at the woodline. They've built campfires. They've got grills fired up, stakes on the grill, lawn chairs around the campfires, Every once in a while, a man will tell a story about how he used to be a part of these awesome search and rescue efforts. The group leader will walk up to the woodline every once in a while and holler out the name of the little girl a few times, and, but then return to the common area between the campers. Every once in a while, somebody will pull, it, pull out a map and a group of people will gather around it and talk about it and look at it just a little bit. Out of frustration, you walk up to the leader and you say, what in the world is going on here? There is a little girl lost in the woods. Why aren't we looking? And the leader, out of frustration from you, says, hold on now, wait just a minute. We've sacrificed a lot just to be here today. People's traveled hundreds of miles just to come here. We've had to set up all of our rigs. We've had to set up all this equipment. This was a lot of work just to get here today. I want to ask you, what's wrong with that scenario? What's wrong with this scenario? Let me tell you what's wrong with that scenario. This is a searcher-centered search instead of a lost-centered search. Everything is built around the comfort of the searcher and not a mentality that is focused on the one that is lost. I'm afraid that today we have built a culture in our churches that is built around the searchers and not the lost. I'm afraid that today it's more about those who have already been found than those who are yet to be found. I want to read that same scripture to you. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. 
If you can, just out of reverence to the Word of God, I'm going to ask you to stand one more time this morning. Then he, he being who? Jesus. He called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them. Somebody say, he sent them. Look at your neighbor and say, you're sent. Look at your second choice and say, you're sent. If you wouldn't the first choice, I'm sorry, no offense. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. I just want to bring you a quick word today. I've already exhorted with you, exhorted it for a few moments with you this morning. I titled this message, Power and Authority Over Hell's Works and Human Hurts. Will you pray with me? God, I come before you one more time and I praise you for who you are. I thank you, God, for this message that you've downloaded into my heart. God, I pray, Lord, your anointing upon my lips. Let everything I say, everything I do, let it be ordained by you. Nothing more, nothing less. God, I pray this prayer every, every single Sunday. God, let us not just be hearers of your word, but doers. Let us apply it to our life. And God, I don't want a single one of us to leave here the same way we walked in. And I'll be quick to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him one more hand clap of praise as you are being seated today. Every single person under the sound of my voice today, we all have one thing in common. No matter what background you come from, no matter if you was raised in church, no matter what socioeconomic level, no matter if you've got a million dollars in the bank or a dollar in the bank. We've all got one thing in common. We all came into this world in need of a savior. We were all lost at one point in time. We were all lost in need of Jesus Christ, his sacrificial blood applied to our life to be redeemed, restored, and renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We were all born in to sin. We're all in need of rescue and redemption. And at just the right time, God sent, somebody say God sent. God sent his son Jesus to you and to I. As a matter of fact, Galatians 4, 4 through 5 says this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. That's important that we might receive the adoptions as sons. I want you to understand something. Whether you have received that gift of redemption today is between you and God. But nevertheless, today, we're looking at a room full of searchers or those who are still being searched for. We're either looking at a room full of people who have been sent, a room full of searchers or or. If you don't fit into that category, we're looking at a room full of people who are still being searched for. God is still calling you. God is still is seeking after you. And this morning, I want you to understand something. If you are a born-again believer, blood-bought child of the king, 
How many of y'all can testify and say, I'm a blood-bought believer child of the King of God. If you didn't raise your hand, then I'll pray for you. For whatever purpose you didn't raise your hand, whether it's out of rebellion or, or shame or if you're not saved, we all need prayer, amen? But if you are a blood-bought believer, child of the risen King, you are sent. Jesus was sent to us He delegated that same authority to his disciples. His disciples obeyed. They went. I'm getting ahead of myself because the only reasonable response if if we are sent is to go. So if you're if when we're sent, we gotta we gotta go. They were they went when they were sent. So the fact of the matter is this morning, I want us to look at what it means to be sent. Number one, if you are sent, we are to seek people with intentionality. We are to be intentional about seeking those who are lost. As Jesus went throughout the region to recruit the 12, what did he continually say to them? He said, follow me. This was his request. He looked at a a group of ragtag fishers and and, and, and tax collector and and, and, and a doctor and and this, this, this group of of, of man, just all different kind of personalities, and the request was the same. What was the request? Come and follow me. Follow me. And in the grand scheme of things, Jesus came down to heaven to seek and to save the lost. That's what Jesus did. He came to seek and save the lost, and he did this by dwelling among them. It was Jesus who went and searched for his students. Galatians told us that Jesus was born. Uh, by a woman who was under the law so that he could redeem those who were under the law and adopt us as sons and daughters of the Most High King. He dwelt among us so he could redeem us. He became sin who knew no sin that we could be born as his righteousness, as his heirs to the kingdom, and that so we could continue the mission that he began on the face of this earth. What was the mission he began? He began a mission to seek those and save those who were lost. It wasn't searcher-centered. It was the lost-centered. He said, "Only he said, well, people doesn't need a doctor. Sick people do. And I'm to the point today where I believe that the church has power and authority We've established that point, amen? We talked about that last week. If you missed that last week, go back and watch it. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. We have power through the Holy Spirit. But the only thing that that's going to do good is if we actually exercise that power. We can be sent all day long, but if we don't know what it means to be sent, and if we don't actually go, what good is it doing us? There is a lost and dying world out there that is full of hell's works in their life and human hurts that Jesus has delegated his power and his authority to us as believers to go and deliver them and to cure sickness and disease. Remember this. The disciples weren't Christians at this point in time. They were Jews who were looking for a misconstrued version of their Messiah. They, w- they wasn't looking for someone like Jesus. 
They went looking for Jesus. They were expecting a Messiah, yes, but they went looking for Jesus. Is Jesus the Messiah? Yes, he is the Messiah. But their version of the Messiah looked much different than what Jesus looked like when he showed up on the scene, did he not? They weren't expecting what they came across, so they weren't the ones who were intentionally looking for what they needed in the first place. I want you to understand something. The world is looking for a lot of things. The world is seeking, actually, after a lot of things, but they're looking in all the wrong places, and they're searching in all the wrong areas, and they're going to all the wrong people, and all the while, the church actually has what they need, and his name is Jesus. They might not understand him. They might not know him. They might not even be intentionally seeking after him, but it's up to us, the church, to intentionally seek after them and to give them what they need. Come on, give them a hand clap of praise. He sought them with the intention to share himself with them. He sought them to intentionally share himself with them. Which leads me to my next point. If we're sent, number one, we're to seek those with intentionality. Number two, we are to allow people to experience, key word being experience, life with you. We look at evangelism like it's something impossible to do. We look at reaching the lost like it's this, this grand thing that is out of um, our doing. We can't, it's like we, 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 we buy into this lie that, man, I can't do this. I can't do this. So many times, especially when it comes to relational evangelism, it's all about allowing people to just experience life with you. That's what Jesus did. See, we've got so many things that's happening in our life today. And we think evangelism, well, that's just one more thing, Pastor, that you're wanting me to add to my schedule. I ain't got time. Y'all like that grammar? I ain't got time for that. What Jesus did was he followed the will of God. He obeyed God. But at the same time, he pulled people alongside of them. And he said, just come follow me. Just experience these things with me. A lot of times it's not something, listen to me, it's not something extra that God is asking you to put in your schedule. God is just saying, allow people to experience Jesus through you in your everyday life. In your job, in your workplace, in your school, in your home, in your family. Just pull them in and be intentional. See, when Jesus taught the 12 disciples, he went way beyond practical teaching like we know it today. Jesus didn't begin his walks through Jerusalem at 9 a.m. with an object lesson as he confronted the Pharisees and then let them go home around 5 p.m. It was much, much more than that. When Jesus committed to being their rabbi, their teacher, he committed himself night and day to them. They ate together. They did all things together for over three years. 
They live life together. That's what discipleship is, church. Now, I'm not telling you you got to pull in the lost and let them live in your house. Come on, somebody. But I am saying this. There's things that you are doing every day right now that God can take that. God can use that to turn that into a ministry opportunity for you to make disciples who would then make disciples who will then make disciples. And the gospel of Jesus Christ will spread through this community faster than what you realize. If you'll just allow people, this is what Jesus did. He said, I'm just going to let you experience life with me and that through me you can witness the holy lifestyle that I'm living. And I want you to understand something, and I understand this. My holy, I'm, I'm, the only reason I'm made righteous this morning is through the grace and the love and the mercy and the blood of Jesus Christ. We've established that fact, I believe, long enough here at this church. But if you've been changed, if you've been transformed, if, if, if you were one way and now you are another, why not let people see that? Why not let people witness the change? Jesus worded it this way in his word. He says, no one lights a candle and then hides it under a basket. No, but we, are a, we should be a city on a hill burning bright for all to see, saying, look what Jesus has done in my life. This is my testimony. I once was blind, but now I see. And I just want you to, I, I just want you to experience with me See, in doing this, he not only taught them through sermons and lectures, but he also let them witness his personal holiness by teaching them through daily life experiences. He didn't just lecture them. How many of y'all, you've been lectured enough? Come on. Some of y'all are saying, you've been lectured enough today, Pastor. I think the world's been lectured enough. I really do. I think the people of this world they know what you and I believe. They've been lectured enough. They've been, they've experienced that enough. What they need to experience is life with you. Don't just point the way, show them the way. Don't just say, this is what, follow me, let me show you. That's what people are waiting for. It's what people are longing. I don't have this statistic in front of me, but the majority of, of, of when they, there was a survey done, I don't know how many years ago, the number one reason why people said that they don't come to church is because they've never been invited. The majority of the people said that if they were invited, they would probably come. As a matter of fact, I, I know this, that the statistic is, for every seven people you invite, at least one of those will actually attend. And now I don't know about you, but that's just one person a day. I'm just a practical, how many of y'all are practical people? I like to break things down, amen? I like to break things down. Breaking that down, if I can just tell one person a day, if I can wake up in the morning and hit my knees and say, God, today, I just want you to place in my, in my path one person. If I can just have one person today, God, that I can tell about you, that I can invite to church to experience you, God, put that person in my path. And when that, when that time comes, 
Be ready. Be willing. I just want you to think about this. I, I, I can't help but to get a little giddy when I talk about stuff like this. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I know I'm a geek when it comes to discipleship and obeying God and all that. I am a pastor, so forgive me. Amen. I know you don't get as giddy as I do. That's okay. One of these days you will. One of these days you're going to be like, oh, this is good stuff. Take two scriptures in, in, in Luke and just get all giddy about it. Just look across this room. What if all of us was intentional about just talking to seven people this week about Jesus? What if? We, we would have to put out newsflash. We don't have every chair out right now. We like it to feel full in here. I'd rather add seats than have empty seats. Amen? A little church growth one-on-one right there. Anyway. But wouldn't it be awesome if each and every one of us said, I'm, gonna, I'm one person a day. I'm just going to commit one person a day. Think about, I don't know, there's probably, we've got 350 seats out right now. I would say we only have probably about maybe 50 so empty seats in here right now. There's probably at least almost 300 people in here right now, 250 to 300. If each one of us just committed to seven people this week, and all of those out of seven, at least one, the statistic is at least one, golly, what in the world would take place? We're all sent. Do we actually go? We've been given power. We'll be given authority. Well, praise God. What you doing with it? What you doing with it? We like to testify we've got power. Oh, okay. What you doing with it? What you doing with it? Because I read a parable in the Word that says all those talents, if you ain't using them, he'll take them. He'll give it to somebody who's actually, well, I just don't, that person just seems like, man, they can just, they're like Benny Hinn. They can breathe on somebody and they can, well, maybe it's because they're exercising the power and authority. Well, I want, I, want that, I want that power. I'm not trying to make us like Benny Hinn. Don't get me wrong like there. That's a joke. But it's true. It's true. We should be exercising that power. It's not just to, to boast about. We're, we're sent. We're sent. Jesus used these daily life experiences, number three, to meet physical and material needs. Keyword needs. There are people with needs in our community that we as a church should be meeting on a daily or weekly basis. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching practical. I, I was so glad that the Holy Spirit moved in a supernatural way earlier in this service because this sermon that I'm preaching today is so practical that I'm afraid you're, you're getting bored with it. But that's, that's, oh, do I have to say that? Okay. That's the problem a lot of times is that we don't really want to put into practice. We just want a good word that will stir, up, stir us up a little bit, but then we don't really want to put it into practice. And so we get bored with the practical stuff because we don't really... Pastor, that's good and all, but I'm not really going to do that this week. I mean, really, 
Can we just be real in the house? Now, I know not all of you. Some of you in here are perfect. I know that. I know that. But here's the thing. It's time we start practicing, putting into practice. We're living in the last days, church. Let me take this moment. Let me address what's going on right now in our world. I didn't know when I was going to do this in this message today, but God just, he put it in, he put it in here right now. Israel's in war. Pastor Rod alluded to it, opening up service today. If wherever, if there was ever a time where I believe we are living in the last days, it's now. I'm not a Bible scholar. I don't claim to be. I'm not a, just this awesome intellectual person when it comes to eschatology and end time prophecy. I'm just a nobody from nowhere that loves God and loves people. But here's the thing. Everything that's taking place today has a key, has a purpose in fulfilling everything that this book says has to happen before the second coming of Jesus Christ. We're witnessing a war right now. If you want, if you want to break it down just a little bit, everything's stemming from the covenant that God made with Abraham. Listen to me. The son of the flesh and the son of the promise you had the son of the flesh, Ishmael. You had the son of the promise, Isaac. God said, I'm giving this land. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were the sons of the promise. All their descendants, all their descendants, was, and they're fighting over this spot of land in the Middle East right now called the Temple Mound. They're fighting over this land right now called the Temple Mound. There is terrorist groups. There Muslim extremists, Islamic extremist groups that are made up of different nationalities, most of which have stemmed from descendants of Ishmael and, and turned into this, this, this radical terrorist organization that believes that they actually have right to that spot of land. And here's the thing, this war has to happen and it has to be settled before the temple can even be built. What does that have to do with anything, Pastor? It's all lining up to what this word says has got to happen in the last days. The temple will be built. The temple will be built. How can, how can there be a, a sacrificial object of desolation sacrificed on the, on the temple altar without there being an actual temple being built first. They've already, they're preparing the red heifers that came out, I don't know how many months ago, they said that this is how long it's gonna take to actually prepare them, and then they're gonna begin that, that, sacri that, that sacrificial worship on, on, the, on the altar. All of that's lining up. And I'm not saying that this specific war that's brewing right now is a specific war that's, that's talked about in the Bible, but what I am saying is this, that it's a precursor that has to happen in order for one thing to be settled so that the rest of the prophecy can be fulfilled. They're comparing what Israel is facing right now. They're calling it the 9-11 of Israel. 
And as America, we think everything revolves around us. But geographically speaking, according to Scripture, geographically speaking, everything revolves around Israel. They're God's chosen people. I don't know about you, and I, like I said, I don't know it all, and, 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 and you can't, I mean, go, go home and study this for yourself. I'm not saying I got it all right either. But what I am saying is that something of this magnitude taking place politically, geographically, in the world today has got to have some type of spiritual implication to it. And I don't know about you, I pray for Israel. It's devastating to see everything, every life that's lost. The last time I looked at the news, it was like three, maybe 400 Israelis that have lost their lives because of this surprise attack by Hamas or who, whatever terrorist organization that is, that is doing this right now. So what I'm saying is this, if it's getting that chaotic, if the signs is brewing that much, just think about what we are about to experience in the church. I'm not, I'm not trying to be insensitive but what I am saying is that it shouldn't, Jesus said, all of these things are going to take place, but, but don't fear. Don't, don't be anxious. Don't, don't be afraid. Because I believe that right now is the time that God is about to do something so significant in his church that is going to be undeniable. It's going to spread. It's going to it's going to be televised, it's going to be broadcasted, and I'm not just talking about in the four walls of this building. I'm talking about in the ecclesia, the church, me and you. There's going to be something done in us, and there's going to be something done through us that only God is going to get the glory for. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it's going to sound like. All I know is that, God, I want to be a part of it. So with all that being said, we're sent. The last thing, I gave you the S, gave you the E, the N, the T. Turn the right moments into ministry opportunities. The text we read in Luke shows the flow or power of Jesus, the King, who extends the delivering and benevolent rule of the kingdom to God, of God, to every believer. Every believer has been given power and authority. So look for everyday life moments and experiences to turn them around into a ministry opportunity. Be ready, be ready. Here's the main point. If you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this. Here's what we need to realize. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the authority and power over both hell's works and human hurts. No matter what circumstance you're faced with, no matter what hell throws your way, no matter what comes across as an opportunity, realize that God has equipped you. God has given you everything you need to be effective in the kingdom of God. Again, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about who we're in a relationship with. As long as you are ab abiding in Him and He is in you, 
Greater is he in you than he that is in this world. We're sent. Everybody stand. If that little girl were missing today, you would know what to do even if you had never helped with a search before. Even if you had never been a part of a search and rescue effort, you would know exactly what to do. When you showed up at that site, you would find out everything there is to know about that little girl. How tall is she? How old is she? What's her name? color eyes that she had? What was she wearing last? Where was she last seen? What does she like to do? What were some of her hobbies? You would find out everything you could about her because the more you knew about her, the more effective and the greater the possibility you have of reaching her and finding her. Can I tell you it's the same way today? What am I asking? What am I, what, what, what do we want to pray about today? I told the South this morning, I want to try, I want to connect, try to bridge the gap today. Is what I'm, I almost titled this sermon, Bridge Builders. I want to bridge the gap between the world and Jesus. If there's any gap, there's anything that's separating the people of this world that are hurting that are lost that feel helpless and hopeless this testimony blessed me there's people all around the world I, I, I could call testimony I could Lexus. I could get Jennifer Brown up here. I could get so many different people up here. I could get all of these people up here who, who said the enemy, the enemy was doing this. But I had an experience with God. And He changed me. He delivered me. He set me free. And if there's anything separating those people that's experiencing that hurt, hopelessness. If there's any gap, I want to be a bridge builder. I want to say, I'm going to stand in that gap. And I want to say, come, follow me. I want to know everything. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You've got to make them understand, I care about you. Why? Why do you care about me? your opportunity I care about you because Jesus cares about you I care about you but he cares so much he loves you more than anything in this world you and I were called we're sent I'm sorry I'm taking up a, a long time Luke 9 verse 6 I'm going to close with this same verse of scripture same context 
I've, I've alluded to it my whole message, so I just want to tie a ribbon on this. Amen. Jesus sent them. In verse 6, it says, So they departed. It's that simple. This is what they didn't do. That's a good message, Jesus. Good message. Great preaching, preacher. And then no action. I would rather not ever get another compliment or another pat on the back if we would just decide I'm going to put this into action. I would give up so much if I just knew I'm going to put this into action. Here's what they didn't do. I'll pray about it. I'll pray about that. Think about it. He sent them, giving you power and authority. Now go, deliver, cure, lay hands on the sick, see them recover, preach the kingdom, preach the kingdom, proclaim the goodness, testify. Sounds pretty good. Let me pray about that, Jesus. I'll get back with you. Church, this should not be something that we have to ponder or that we have to think about. We have to second guess or honestly, that we even really have to pray about to get our answer whether or not we have to need to respond. It's just that simple. They were sent, so they went. It's that simple, church. How many of y'all can say, Pastor, I know I'm sinned, and I'm going to commit. This week, I'm going. Come on, lift up your hands right now. God, I love you, Lord Jesus. I praise you, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. God, I, I, God, I know, Lord, that you are the head of the church. Jesus, you have all authority. You have all power, and you've delegated it to us, God. And God, right now, I just speak blessing, honor, and favor, God. God, I pray, Lord, that right now as we leave this place today, God, every single opportunity, every single person that we come into contact with, God, God, let us be lost sinners. Give us a hunger, a desire like never before to reach the harvest, God. God, place in us, God, God, the passion, the zeal to go and to make a difference, God, to meet needs, God, and to look for opportunities every single day to share the gospel, to share the good news that some might know you and we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Praise God. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our most recent episodes. To find out more, visit us at forwardchurchonline.com. There you can connect with us, learn more about our ministries, and submit any prayer requests you may have. We hope you join us again soon.